This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 18. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one tiki tastic minute at a time. <laughs> My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Rosh- Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. You said Rosh. <laughs> Ron- oh, I started to go, your names combined into one. Yeah, that's um, fine. 
It's more efficient. In terms of Tiki Tastic, we didn't mention yesterday, but by the way, this is like the bar of my dreams. <laughs> well, now we know why you love. You know, this this is this show is not only a, uh, a review of Goodfellas; it's actually opening up Ron Psyche to us and to the world. <laughs> this is really just as close to this is your life as it comes. I mean, we know him better than anyone else in the world for twenty years now, and I'm learning. I just I just got to say that that I love that. I mean, this is a this is an evidence of the '60s fascination with Tiki culture. You know, but it's like, also it's also a blooming rose on what you hold dear. True, yes. Yeah, I exactly. think all these things that like from sausage <laughs> to undershirts to tiki culture, yep. paternal beating. Yep, there you so, go. It's all there. Okay. So let's kick off this minute. It's, it, it continues the roll call of mobsters at the bamboo lounge, and then it ends with a panning shot of dinner at said lounge. So it's, we're still very much in the bamboo lounge. Which we're going to stay here for. A uh, good long while in this lounge. So, so it's, yeah. Before we get to the rest of the mobsters, um, I, 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 it's interesting. Like this is we're we're Henry. This is a point of view shot, right? I well, mean, this well, is that's a note I had. Is yeah. that one thing that's really interesting from a filmmaking standpoint? Is that I found a very strong sense of surrealism in this particular minute. Yeah. Because when we started last minute, the camera walks in. And it's very much a point of view shot. You could you could be Henry in this particular instance. You you're assumed to be Henry. Yep. But here, after we meet the first guy, and I'll, I'm going to hold his name back till we get to the roll call, uh, the camera jumps over the bar, so we no longer could be a person because oh, that's it's a, interesting. It sort of snakes, and then now we're sort of floating in the air. We're still being addressed by all these guys. They're still talking to us like we're a person. But unless Henry vaulted over the bar, and then sort of floated. Behind the bar, it wouldn't make any sense as a point of view shot anymore. And it's all, all sort of surreal because what are the odds all these guys are going to be there in a row? And Every Friday it? night. So it, I just found this is very interesting. And then, and then, and then, a one like sequence. Yeah, and then at one point, it, it, you know, it follows one of the mobsters, and then Henry comes out from the left, like right. from He's behind the camera. He was he was bringing the merch in. We'll get yeah. to that later too. So yeah. this is to me felt more like a dream esque sequence getting to getting to the reality of Henry showing up. Interesting. This is sort of like what he sees in his head when he thinks of the bamboo lounge. I yeah. like that better. I think that's more like what it is. Yeah. Because this whole th- this whole everything up to now has been this fantasy recollection. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is what the movie is really. <laughs> right. True. So uh, again, we, we we come in right here from where we left off. Uh, whereas before we met Freddie the Wop, the next one up the table is uh, Frank- I'm sorry, Frankie the Wop. Please be respectful. Yes. I say Frankie. I was yes. looking. I was looking, of course, at the name of Freddie No Nose, who has a large nose. Now, what's interesting here is like yesterday when we were talking about Fat Andy that we couldn't actually find who Fat Andy was based on. I found Freddie No Nose. Where was he hiding? Uh, is he in the house? <laughs> uh, this is based on Freddy Nono's Delucia, okay? And I found it, uh, and, and I'm assuming this is the case, but I did some research, and in a book called The Sinatra Club, My Life Inside the New York Mafia by Sal Polisi, he talks about Freddy Nono's, where he says, uh, Freddy was a scary and very weird-looking guy, but nobody called him Nono's to his face. He got that name because he was a boxer who got hit in the schnoz too many times. He had a hair lip and his head was lopsided from taking so many hits. He even talked weird, like he was gargling. But you didn't fuck with No-Nos. Nobody did. <laughs> so, unknown if this is the same Freddy No-Nos or not, but the odds are the odds are pretty good. There's a lot Freddy's of guys like that. Right, yeah. yeah, but how many people call Freddy No-Nos? That's very you know what specific. I mean is there's yeah. a lot of guys where their names were never, like Bugsy, right? Yeah. Bugsy Siegel, their names were never actually said to their face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. It's so a good call. So as you move down, uh, we're going to meet uh, 
Pete the Killer. Of course, Mike Mo Black. This is Sally Balls' brother. So Pete the Killer, uh, Connor, did you find did you find him? Wait, before we go to that, I know you're going to talk about him. Um, a couple of notes about what's actually happening in this movie. Uh, this is the first time that I believe anyone says that thing. Yeah, I took care of that thing for you. That thing, whatever that yep. thing is, <laughs> that's the first time we hear it, uh, and I believe it's the first shirt of that kind. Oh, oh, I've I've got much to talk about the shirts of those kinds. Yes, I was I was gonna I was gonna wait until dinner. I was gonna wait until we were at the dinner table. This is the first we saw it, and the young Josh was like, "What the hell is he wearing?" Oh God, they're the greatest things. Can I tell you the taking care of the thing though? That is like you know that Henry knows exactly what he's talking about, and that is that is something that I have both used in life and have used to me. Where someone goes, "Hey, did you do that thing?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, no, that that other thing or the other thing," and it's that thing. So thing, sure. Anyway, carry on about beat the killer. Pete the Killer, real name Peter Abadante. Abadante. He was a made man. Uh, during the 50s, he worked for Paul Vario, and he supervised the floating craps game in Bensonhurst. Um, of course, he was involved in several murders, and also he later became the owner of a social club in Brooklyn that everybody in the crew hung out at. I'm so. pretty sure that that craps game was rigged. Um, <laughs> I also yeah, like that eventually they all have their own bars until yep. they decide to burn it down and then someone else has to buy one. It's like, oh, your turn now. We need a place to hang out. They've all Premium. got their spots. Third. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Moving down, uh, we meet, uh, what's up, guy? Nikki Eyes. Whew. Nikki Eyes. Another case of a mobster that we could not find uh, who they're actually based on, but the actor playing Nikki Eyes is way more interesting. Uh, so Nick, the actor playing Nicky Eyes is a man by the name of John Monka, and uh, he he was also in Casino, and he is also credited in both Goodfellas and Casino as a technical advisor. Um, he's a Uh-oh. personal friend of Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese um, and turns out he was a New York Police Department detective during the 50s and 60s, and he was ultimately kicked out of the force when he was there indicted for stealing Cadillacs. Okay. <laughs> Then, after being kicked out of the NYPD, he worked for various crime families in New York, Chicago, and Vegas, when eventually he was arrested by the FBI for smuggling fake traveler's, chest, traveler's checks. Um, he, huh. was, he, he chose to do a plea bargain and then was put in the witness protection program. And, wow. and surprisingly, this was in his blood because his grandfather was a member of Lucky Luciano's crew back in the 30s. Wow. <laughs> That the actor, the guy with I the like- glasses, the actor, he is a ex-cop mobster. That's In the witness protection program. That's two. <laughs> now, both times that you've gone through this explanation halfway through, I had to go, oh, wait, he's not talking about the character. No, this is the, this is the, the guy with the sunglasses. His whole job is to be Marty's buddy and to be like, yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Put me in the movie. <laughs> Do you think he and okay. Luis Epolito compared notes while they were shooting? I don't know. Okay, wait, 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 Lo. So let's think about this. Remember earlier when we were in the, the, the pizza place or late, you know, when we were in the, um, the courtroom? Yep. And I thought, what are those guys doing there? That's stupid. Well, here's two examples of people who decided to be in a major motion picture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Playing mobsters. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's some hiding in plain sight stuff. It's just so brazen. So brazen. I love it. What's up, guy? Uh, so yeah, um, so I don't know who Nicky Eyes was in real life, but there's no way that he he's cooler than, than John Monka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving down, we meet uh, Mikey Francesi, who who is threatening. Now, this one is interesting because Connor or Josh, have you heard about the real life Mikey Francesi? No. 
So there's a guy by the name of Mikey Francesi who was a Colombo crime boss, and he's still alive. He um, basically he grew up on Long Island. He was he went to school, was pre med, and then quit that in the mid seventies to go full time with the Colombo crime family. He was eventually arrested in the eighties, did some time, and then got out, and then now has denounced crime and has become a motivational speaker. And is like in the public, you know, like goes on reality shows and things like that and talks about how bad crime is and get you on the right path and stuff like that. So now the thing is, is though, I did some research and saw this Mikey Francesi being referenced to being this guy. But Mike, the real life Mikey Francesi was born in 1951. So that would put him at like 12 years older in the scene. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if this is just more of a nod to a mobster that Henry worked with in the 70s or 80s and they just put him in the scene because it's just another name. But in real maybe life, there were, yeah. maybe there are other Mikey Francesi's. I mean, that, I don't that's know, my I thought, don't too. Know. That's my thought, too. But everything, all the research, all everything I found pointed that Mikey Francesi is this guy who's now a motivational speaker. Huh. <laughs> Does he and sell himself as, as he's in the list? I'm looking at wise guys right now. Page 35. Yeah. list all the all his all his buddies and Mike Francesi is right there. Yeah, you can you can have two him, before Bobby the dentist. You can have which, him. You can have him speak at your uh, your corporate events. So, I feel like Bobby the dentist got short shrift not being in the movie. Do yourself a favor after you listen to this, go Google Mikey Francesi and find his website. And there's so much Godfather, Goodfellas typography, Sopranos mm-hmm. suggestive. Like he is milking the fact that he was in the mob. This guy. He's not the only one. <laughs> I, I renounce crime, except for. All of the things I do in real life are about yes. crime. Yes, it also autoplays music, so be careful. Anyway, so all right, so moving uh, on, moving on. The final introduction, and probably the most memorable. This is the goes to eleven of Goodfellas. <laughs> Jimmy two times, two times. He's gonna go get the papers. Is get that it. is that his euphemism for going to the bathroom? I go get the papers. He's gonna get the papers. Does anyone know what the papers are? That's my that note. What what are the papers? But he immediately well, turns and walks into the bathroom. He's gotta get the daily it's the daily news, it's the post, and it's newsday. It's clearly or is it a euphemism for taking a shit. No, I, well same thing. Same thing, yeah. Same thing. Now I think more importantly than him saying the thing twice is everything that's going on with his hands and head and face. Oh, fixing the tie and every the, oh, yeah. like he does like a twitch, like a yeah. like a like a strange uh, involuntary movement. And also, uh, he's also got the shirt. Uh, yep. and he, he is fascinating looking. He's great. he does not look like any human I have ever seen in my entire life. Well, well, and here's the here's the interesting thing is that once again, could not find who Jimmy Two Times is based on in real life. Um, don't know if this is just like a story and they just created the character, but it's played by, he's played by Anthony Powers, who has been an actor and he, he was in Catch Me If You Can. He was on The Flash, the CBS version of The Flash, and he was on Lois and Clark. But what's interesting about Anthony Powers is that in the 60s, he was a songwriter mm-hmm. where he wrote hit songs such as the song 98.6, which was number seven on the chart in 1966. Uh, Remember Then, which was performed by the Earls in 1967, and he co-wrote the song Why Do Lovers Break Each Other's Hearts, co-written with Phil Spector, performed by Bobby Sox and the Blue Jeans and Darlene Love in 1963. Speaking of guys who turned out to be murderers. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, is this another case of a Scorsese friend who he just put in the movie, probably, and and did the interesting... I don't don't know, but this this guy had a storied music career before even doing anything with acting. Well, it's a little of that, and it's a, mm. I think it's a lot of, well, look at this guy. Yeah. We got to get him in one of those suits <laughs> doing that thing. He's great. And, and does he actually, we don't know if he goes to the bathroom. He just walks away. 
He gets the papers. Uh, yeah. And he so, goes into papers. a door, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so then after we get the roll call, we, are, we, we sail smoothly into the back room of the Bamboo Lounge. Yep. In which uh, we run into uh, Henry bringing a whole uh, rack of mink coats into the back room. Because this is where it's described. This is where all their loot was kept and became sort of a, a mobster bazaar. Yeah, so so Henry Hill actually uh, described it as like an open market. He said that you know that that uh, there was a long list of items in the man, and you can get the get premiums if you grab the right cargo: clothing, seafood, fabric, cigarettes, coffee, records, tapes, liquor, television, radios, kitchen appliances, meat, shoes, toys, jewelry, and watches. And I understand all- that shrimp and lobsters were best, <laughs> yes. but they would and they would all get stored in the bamboo lounge, and it became to the point where it was so well known that. Insurance guys, truckers, union guys, wholesalers, discount store owners, anybody who wanted a good deal would come to the Bamboo Lounge knowing they could get something there. Hmm. So let's talk about two things about this scene. Number one, the fun fact is that Man with Coat Rack <laughs> is played by Vincent Pastor. A young Vincent uh, Pastor. B- big, pussy, big Pussy from The Sopranos. Big Pussy Bumpin' Sierra. <laughs> he was... Uh, Credited as Vinny Pastor, and actually in this scene, Henry calls him Vinny. Oh, <laughs> um, that's another one of those mumbled under the under the music dialogue pieces that happens in this film a lot. Well, this is. But, I mean, I don't. I don't think we really talked about it, but there's an enormous amount of improv in this movie. Oh, 100%. that's one of those things where he's just trying. He's saying he something. just calls him by his real name in the yeah. movie. He's not a character who's named, which is a oh, man with cards. It's an actor. It's a big thing to have a character who's got an actual name, not just man with coat rack. Yeah, uh, I've heard so Stephen Tobolowsky talk a lot about that. Yeah. So now uh, let's talk about Sonny Buns. Sonny Buns <laughs> is the owner of this establishment, at least in the film. The character played by Anthony Borghese, aka Tony Darrow. <laughs> what? Now, Why does he have an aka? That's weird. <laughs> two, <laughs> two reasons. That's weird. <laughs> two reasons, probably. One, prop, Tony Darrow, little, little less ethnic. So mm, you yeah. probably get more roles that way. Wait, uh, well, not given this guy's track record. Number two, uh, he spent some time in prison later. Well, on. Be- before you oh, get to the p- before you get to before you get to the prison early in his life, he worked in the real bamboo lounge. That's that's uh, there was really? two things about it. one. He worked in the actual bamboo lounge as a kid. Um, Isn't that so crazy? He, was a, he brought some sense of a sense of authenticity to the to the whole proceedings. Probably probably another technical advisor situation. <laughs> But uh, in, in 2009, he was, he was convicted of extortion and ordering the maiming of someone who owed money to someone else. Wait. That means in 2009, that's after he was on The Sopranos. Yes. So yeah. that's fascinating. <laughs> because it's funny, and it's funny because in this, he's, he's not a threatening character. He's just sort of like part of the crew. He's, but he's, he's, the, fra- he's the face man, right? He's the, he's yeah. the front. He's a patsy. But and so then, like as you move on to his role in The Sopranos, he's supposed to be a capo in that, but he's kind of he non-threatening. Was Larry Parisi. Yeah, yeah. Like he was he also had, mixed he had, blue eyes, and he was analyzed. This he's been a lot of, lot of mobster roles. So what's he doing? What's he? What's he doing? What's he doing? Extor- extorting. Listen, sometimes yeah. listen. Sometimes needs, somebody needs to be maimed. Sometimes you need to take care of business. You, you think a go. guy with two lines and Goodfellas? Is making enough money to not run extortion schemes? <laughs> He's a good mamer. What do you want from him? So in these past two minutes, we have had three real-life people. Who, felons. <laughs> felons. Well, well, we don't know that Jimmy Two Towns was a felon. We just know no, he, no. In, in the last minute, uh, yesterday's episode, we oh, had we had Lou, Lou Epolito. Yeah, so we had Lou, Lou Epolito. Then we had uh, John Monca, and now we have uh, Anthony Borghese. 
AKA Tony Darrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's crazy that he worked in the bamboo lounge in, in, in the sixties. Is, yeah. is Vincent Pastor's record clean? Do we know? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't no. want a stereotype. <laughs> I, you know. Well, let's and then so then this 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 minute ends after this scene in the back where I think it's a great uh, little conversation where at first Sunny Buns doesn't want the coats. So it's fucking summer. What am I gonna do with coats? Uh, by the way, there's your fuck count number one. <laughs> oh, uh, there we go. Wow. <laughs> but uh, but uh, then when when Henry's like, well, we'll just take them back. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'll take the coats. So there's a lot there's a lot of wheeling and dealing going on. In we'll the back. we'll put them in the freezer with the meat. There's fetching. <laughs> Whatever the Italian equivalent of that is. Uh, but so then we move on to the, to the dinner table, which will lead us into the next scene. But one thing I really thought about during this minute, in particular the end of it, was this scene paints a very seductive view of this lifestyle, oh. at least until uh, two minutes from now when it, gets, when it turns ugly. But uh, you, you, look at this, you look at this scene and you're just like, you know, the clothes, the drinks, the food, they, they seem to have no cares in the world. There's make coats coming in the back door. I mean, this is like... Why wouldn't you want to be a monster? There's, a, there's yeah. another moment in this here where, where basically what he says is what you're saying. It's, it's why wouldn't you do this? And it just, to do it any other way was nuts, yep. he says. Like it, just, it doesn't even make sense that you would do it in a different way. And again and again and again, we're seeing Henry romanticize and justify and, and obfuscate what it is they're actually doing. You know, but, but you know, they're not going to do those jobs for a paycheck. They're not going to take the subway. What do you, not what do you mean? What they're, they're actually happen. doing is they're having a nice meal. With and it, it's, it's funny because this nice this meal. this harkens back to the to the scene when Henry was a kid, you know the good government bullshit and all that stuff. It was just a joke. Like it just it's saying how these guys and and we'll we'll revisit this theme later on as he's talking about it. But he's just like we figured out how to work in this world and we're just going to take as much as we can. Yep. Yeah. Until we get shot in the back of the head and our car gets set on fire. Right. Everybody thinks they're going to be the one to get away with it. They all do. Um, this is a very small table for the number of people at the sitting at the table, by the way, too. It just seems very cramped. Well, the bamboo lounge looks very cramped. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least this version of it. Yeah. They're used to it. The big Italian families, they have Sunday dinner together. You sit I, very close. I, I, I am admiring some of the uh, tiki drinks on the table, though. There, there's some good mugs on there. So. so do we have any other notes for this minute before we move on to tomorrow's minute? That's all I have. Uh, then isn't enough? So many felons. <laughs> <laughs> so many felons. That's it for minute 18. Tune in tomorrow for minute 19. Until then, check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. And just show your support for the show. Go to Patreon.com slash GFM or go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support where you can shop uh, via our Amazon link. And uh, we thank everyone who does that. Um, if you have any questions or anything of note, email us at contact at GoodfellasMinute.com. And if you like comic books, Check out our sister site, ifanboy.com, and our weekly podcast there. And then until tomorrow, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm going to end the episode. End the episode. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.